...interested in a clamour of languages, but were beaten or intimidated into compliance by SS guards with rifles. Driven naked down a wide passageway to a large chamber, almost all of these mothers, daughters, wives and sisters were then roughly clipped of virtually every hair on their bodies by male and female prisoners as German guards leered. Barely recognisable to each other after the electric razors had done their work, they were marched five abreast outside to the roll-call area, where they waited barefoot in cold, wet clay for over an hour before facing their second, Selection, by the man who would later become known as the Angel of Death. Dr Mengele, impeccably dressed in his tight-fitting grey-green uniform with its shiny chevrons and silver skulls on the collar, held in his hands a pair of pale kid-leather gauntlets with oversized cuffs. His brown hair slicked into position with pomade, he casually flipped his gloves left and right as he strolled up and down the lines to inspect each new prisoner, and, more specifically, to ask if they were expecting a child. When it was her turn, Priska Lovenbeinova, had only a few seconds to decide how to respond to the smiling officer with the gap between his front teeth. She didn't hesitate. Shaking her head quickly, the accomplished linguist replied to his question in German. Nine. By then, two months pregnant with her longed-for child by her husband Tibor, who she hoped was somewhere else in the camp, she had no idea if telling the truth might save her or condemn her and her child to an unknown fate. But she knew she was in the presence of danger. With one arm shielding her breasts, while her other covered what was left of her pubic hair, she prayed Mengele would accept her blunt denial. The SS officer with the suave looks paused for a second to stare into the face of the young Fesche Frau before moving on. Three women further along, he roughly squeezed the breast of a woman who recoiled. When a few drops of breast milk betrayed that she was at least sixteen weeks pregnant, she was, at a leftward flick of his gauntlet, yanked from the line and shoved into a corner of the parade ground to join a shivering cluster of expectant mothers. None of those wide-eyed women knew then that one direction meant life while the other could mean something very different. The fate of those who were chosen that day by Mengele remains unknown. Josef Mengele represented the greatest risk to Priska's young life thus far, but still she had no concept of what she was soon to face. In the coming months, hunger was to become her dreaded enemy, while starvation seemed the likeliest end to her suffering. Hunger's cousin, Thirst, would torment her just as cruelly during her time in the camps, along with exhaustion, fear and disease. But it was her pregnant body's gnawing, aching demands for nourishment that very nearly broke her. Perversely, the one memory that helped Priska through some of her most ravenous pangs was of pressing her nose to the glass of a patisserie on her way to school before treating herself to a sugar-dusted confection such as a cinnamon babka with streusel topping. The recollection of breaking apart those flaky pastries as crumbs cascaded down her blouse in the cake shop in Zlatimoravce summed up her idyllic childhood 
in what is now the southwestern corner of the Slovak Republic. One hundred kilometers or so from Bratislava, the region where Prisco grew up was known for gold panning, and the name of one of its rivers, the Zlatnanka, derives from the Slovak word for gold. The town of Golden Moravce was almost as prosperous as its title suggested, with an imposing church, schools and streets of shops, as well as coffee houses, restaurants and a hotel. Priska's parents, Emanuel and Paolo Rona, ran one of the most respectable kosher cafes in town, a venue around which much of local life revolved. In a prime location on the central square, the coffee shop also had a pretty courtyard. Emmanuel Rona had spotted the business for rent in a newspaper in 1924 when he was in his late thirties. Seeking to make his fortune, he took the bold decision to relocate his wife and...